Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to a Gunners Town podcast. Uh, this evening and this morning and this afternoon, I'm joined by AFC Charlie. How you doing, mate? How are we, guys? We're all right. Good, good. Thanks. Good. And also joined uh, with Paul from In Victor Blog. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? All good. All good. Right, we're going to start with a positive this week, gents. Uh, we finally got Gabrielle over the line. Whether it was a couple of weeks quarantine or or what, we don't know. Uh, I'm going to chuck this over to uh, Charlie to start with. Uh, how are you feeling about the new boy? Yeah, I'm happy, mate, to be fair. I mean, um, obviously, I, I, I do follow football around the world and stuff like that. And I can't say I watch him every week. But I have seen games Lille have been playing and stuff. And he looks he looks very good. He looks very big. He looks strong, powerful. Um You've seen lots of when he makes tackles, doesn't really go to ground. He seems to nick the ball in well, left footed. Um, it's good that obviously that a lot of clubs are wrapped around him trying to get him, and we've managed to pull it off, which is a big key. Obviously, Manchester United, Napoli, PSG supposedly come in late. Um, I think that's perfect to the fact because of Edu and the Brazilian connections that he's got, so that's a big positive. And realistically, I know we've only got one, it's, it's like the one sign at the back, but with Saliba coming as well, we've virtually got two good young centre-halves. So for the future, looking promising. And it looks like now with, with Tierney as well, we've sort of sorted out our back four or five, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, Paul, uh, as Charlie mentioned, with uh, with Ado and obviously the Brazilian link, uh, it's been mentioned also Louise... Uh, was sort of like almost one of his heroes growing up. Uh, I mean, do you think that he's he's at the age where he's going to settle in? Do you think he's going to need some time, or or do you think that sort of help around is going to you know help him send in settle in quite quick? Um, there was an interesting uh, interview. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just one person's opinion, but it was on Gunners Town recently, where a French journalist that follows the you know has followed him quite closely said, you know, like. Not to get over the top excited about him, that he's an unfinished, you know, deal right now. But um, under the tutelage of somebody like Louise or like a more experienced partner, um, you know, that that his future was promising. So it was kind of a little bit of a, felt like a bit of a wet blanket on on the signing. But you know, I think with these guys, you know, settling into the Premier League, you do need, you know, you do need the assistance of, you know, if he feels that way about David Louise, and if Louise can. Be the Louise that Arteta has managed to get out of <laughs> out of him, rather than the kind of the clown that we had for a few games. Um, I think I think it'll stand them in good stead. I think both Saliba and and um, Gabriel will need a little bit of um, you know blooding, as it were. Yeah. I think one of the things of Arsenal, centre Arsenal, where we've we've been so poor in that area over the years, a lot of pressure put on these players straight away, aren't they? Because oh, that's it, our defence sorted. We're going to be and then one mistake, two mistakes, all of a sudden they're crucified. So it, yeah. it is a case of that. But I think people and the, the feeling around the place at the minute on Twitter and people you speak to, people seem quite positive. And it, we're certainly moving in the right direction. And as everyone keeps saying, if it's good enough for Arteta, it's good enough for me. I think we've just got to trust them at the minute and just follow that lead. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think I'm um, sorry to interrupt, Gav, but um, I think that... The added pressure comes from the fact that if you look at the the, the prices and the fees that pe- you know players are getting for like relative inexperience and youth and stuff, it 
you know, gone are the days where like your top signing was like 15 million. Now like 15 million is, is the cheapest you're going to get anybody for, you know? So there's that pressure and we just kind of need to, you know, divide by like three maybe and, and treat it like it's more of a, you know, um, affordable signing because the figures are just outrageous these days, I think, you know? Yeah. I mean, my, see, my thing on it is, I mean, obviously I haven't seen him play, but I've seen his stats. And, you know, look, we're, we're fairly stat-based and data-based when we're searching for players. Uh, that's obviously why we've specifically sought out a left-footed centre-back. Uh, <coughs> my worry with that is obviously when we're, do, when we're dealing with that with players from other leagues, the data isn't just that factor. Because, I mean, you know, I'm not going to call France the Farmers League or, or be disrespectful to anybody who plays in France. Uh, but there is a difference between playing in League One and, and there is the Premiership. So, uh, like I say, I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, I agree with, agree with you two boys, really. We've just got, literally got to go with our tower. But I think, uh, uh, on that situation, sorry, mate, so, yeah, go on. you look around the Premier League for defenders and you look at people that may be available and so forth, you're looking at people maybe like John Stones, you've seen Nathan Aki go to City, it's double the money and like, Obviously, we can't yeah. do that, and yeah. we need to sort of a little bit of gamble. Yeah, and I think it is a gamble, but it's also good scouting. I'm sure. That, I mean, I've spoke to Chelsea fans who watched both games against Lille last year, and they said he was absolutely superb against them. So that's a good positive. So this yeah. is, I mean, I'd, I'd like to stay positive. It's a bit exciting. Glad he got finally done, and then yeah. uh, moving on. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. What? OK, right. Uh, it would be a bit of a miss not to mention the other news coming out of the club this week. Uh, Ken Fryer uh, has retired his seat from the board. He becomes a life president of the club. Uh, I believe he started working at the club as a messenger aged about 12. Uh, so, like I say, on behalf of everybody from Gunnerstown Podcast, I'd like to wish him all the best. Uh, and I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he's going to be there every game. He's going to be there every game, isn't he, Charlie? Yeah, of course he will. It's a nice touch from the club as well. And like Stuart, the photographer of the club, made a point of saying something on a, a recent video he'd done about how they got the players to have a picture with the FA Cup in front of the Ken Fry banner. So yeah. it's a lovely touch from the club. He's a proper Arsenal man, and um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a dying breed these days. So it's, it's good luck to him, and deserves all the adulation and and sort of the respect he gets. Yeah, no, here, 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 here. Right, we're going to move on to the uh, the other news that came out this week uh, with regards to <coughs> Arsenal letting fans back into the ground under a uh, a limited capacity. Now, Arsenal's terms and conditions and FAQs came out with like a twenty page document that <laughs> you need to be a solicitor. Uh, <laughs> to actually understand completely. So, I mean, I don't think we should really go through the rules and regulations of what you can or what you can't do. But what we have got here tonight is we've got a gold member in Charlie, we've got a silver member in me, and we've got a red member uh, and overseas fan who comes over three or four times a year in Paul. So, if I start with you, Charlie, uh, firstly, what your thoughts on the, you know, the actual situation that you believe Arsenal have created here yeah, uh, and obviously, are you opting in or opting out? Uh, firstly, I'm opting in. Done it all already, um, mm-hmm. as as all the people I go with. 
this has caused a bit of a debate and and sort of little bit of arguments. People, me and you, myself, me and you included, Gab, we've had our differences on it, haven't we? Yeah, no, um, of course. But I think, I mean, look, I'm a gold member, so I've got the sort of the privileges, so to fact. Um, mm. But without being big-headed and sort of bigging myself up, I go Arsenal home and away every week. I start the season, I get my season ticket, you pay your £1,000, whatever it is, up front, um, and you're committed to that, as I have done for maybe 25, 26 years now. Um, and when it all come out, I mean, I've I, I heard different rumours and stuff, but when it did come out, you see the gold members, at the minute, the only ones that are allowed in, and so on. I thought that was a fair way. If, I may be talking a bit biased because I am a gold member, but I think I have been going home and away every year, every week. I do pay me money up front. I can't pick and choose if I want to go or not, if a game gets moved to a Tuesday night, or I can't skip that. So I do mm. think that I probably do deserve to do that. I know a lot of people disagree and think, well, I can't become a silver, I can't become a gold member because I can't get the chance, which I, I do totally understand. And I do think the club are wrong in the fact of, as we mentioned, Dad, before off air, was about the sin tickets don't get used. So there's probably a, a huge amount of sin tickets do not get used from people and they yeah. just go vacant and people don't don't ever go. So I think there should be a system. Or, no, or, they, or they, only, they only turn up for the big games. There's probably about two or three thousand, I would have, yeah. I would estimate, about two or three thousand people only turn up for the big mate, games. I think. Um, yeah. You, okay. you look at the empty seats and you go to games yeah. and stuff, just, and they're the season ticket areas, so I think that probably is more. But I also oh. like to think that, which is being probably a bit, pushing it a bit too much, where I do go every game, I'm in a way, I've got 60-odd, 70-odd credits, which I have to keep getting, which is another issue in itself. But I'd also yeah. like to think that maybe I would get a, an extra priority over that than people would just get a season ticket, because I think there should be a reward... And, it's going to cause so much difference. People are going to yeah. think different. So, I mean, basically, but I, basically, think, I, I think I, I would deserve to be in there week in, week out if there was 20,000 there. Can yeah. I ask a quick question? Um, how many gold members are there? 40,000. Yeah, about 40,000, yeah. So, I mean, it's just an, it's really it's just a number of maths. I mean, it's like there's 60,000 seats in the stadium, but if they're only letting 25,000, then you've got 40,000 gold members. I mean, as much as it's... It sounds like it's being disrespectful, disrespectful to people like Gav or you know silver, tick, you know silver members who are all important. They're all important. Yeah, of course. Like, how do you get? How do you tell forty thousand gold people? How do you tell fifteen thousand of them that they can't come? You know. Yeah, that is tricky. I mean, but then also agree, Gav. I mean, I'll I'll ask you about silver member now, and I know yeah. for a fact that you've been charged for your silver membership. And realistically, yeah. what are you getting from that? Yeah, see, this this is my point, Charlie, and this is like I say when we've been discussing on on Twitter or or indeed in private as we have done. Uh, my facts on silver members getting tickets when reduced capacity come in isn't at the expense of gold members. I've never wanted it to be a, a silver versus gold issue. I don't think it should be. My issue is is that I mean I've got four family silvers and two family junior gunners that I renew every year. Uh, myself, my partner, my brother and my cousin, who, my brother and my cousin, the company. How much are they, We, well, I, I think they're, fifth, I think 
the silver light where you don't get that crap membership pack is 49 quid and if you want the membership pack you pay an extra tenner so if at the moment all we've done is we've renewed two we've renewed the two two of the silvers and we've renewed the junior gunners and the other two silvers uh there's no deadline to renew yet so i haven't done it so my my when i've spoke to people at the club uh, which i've been trying to engage them as a silver member uh i've been sort of saying i'm meeting you halfway i've i've renewed half of them but my what sticks in my throat is the club always come back and say you do not renew your silver membership just to buy tickets and i say well why else would i renew it <laughs> yeah there's, there's, there's no other reason and there's there, you know so the club think that I'm paying 50 quid a year just for the privilege of saying I'm a silver member when I don't actually want to go to any games, which, which, which is rubbish. Which is you know wrong. what I mean? Which is wrong. So my, if you're my, a silver member, you would prefer the club to come out and say, right, we're only doing it to gold members for obvious reasons. We're not going to charge yeah. you this year just because you're not going to get access. And you'd, you'd take it on the chin, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Of course. My, like I say, my, my issue is with with the club and with the club actually charging for this membership. Now I've, I've got a friend who uh, goes over to Winter Milan about four or five times a year. And he's in a similar level into Milan as what I am at Arsenal. And Inter Milan come out straight away and said, we're rolling it over. We're, we're not sure whether you're going to be able to come in next season, but either way, you will not be charged for your membership this season. Now, I think Arsenal should have done the same thing. What Arsenal are waiting to see is, how long it is before they can offer silver members tickets. Uh, and if it goes on longer than half the season, uh, say, for instance, January, we're all allowed back and it's 60,000 capacity. I think they're then going to turn around and say, right, all, season, all silver members, you have to renew now, otherwise you lose it. Because you've now got the opportunity, even though we've lost eight or nine games at the back end of last season yeah. and probably eight or nine of this season. Uh, I believe the AST have spoke to the club about uh, giving silver members free membership next year. But again, in the conversations I've had with the club, I've told them you've got to be more proactive, not reactive. Because at the moment, every silver member who's renewed, the majority of which is on direct debit, are all thinking, I've just paid 50, 60 quid for fuck all. Yeah. Everybody's got the ump over it. Everybody's got the ump over it. But so, like I say, that, that's where I stand on that. Now, Paul, as I said in the uh, the intro to this section, you are a red member. You do come over what three, four times a year. Uh, um, no, it's probably more like yeah, two or three. I, I don't think I've ever come four. It's just too expensive. I mean, when Charlie, when you're saying you're paying a thousand quid for like a season ticket. I mean, I pay a thousand bucks to watch Arsenal play Watford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get that. I'll get that. You know what I mean? Like to fly over and, and, and get a ticket and all that kind of stuff. And I'm a Red member. I have been for like 10 years and I get this silly package because, you know, like, I don't know that Gavin touched on it, but like when you pay, for me, it's like 35 quid, I think, plus five quid post, postal because I'm in South Africa. Um, so it's somewhere around that. And I renewed as soon as they asked and I thought, well, I'm, you know, it's definitely not going to, I'm not going to benefit really from it this season. I don't see, I don't see red members and stuff being able to watch this season, to be honest. I don't think it's the COVID thing is going to, I don't think it'll be gone by January. I hope it is for everyone's sake, but I, I think it's going to linger a little bit longer. Um, 
uh, you know, I do what, what Gab said earlier is like, you, you know, you, for instance, the amount of money he's paying, you know, getting like a, a book, a paperback and like a, a snood that you're never going to wear and, and maybe like a, a key ring and, and the same Arsenal booklet, with, you know, the, the, uh, that you get in those membership packs. It's, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, but at, at the same hand, to be devil's advocate, for the club who are experiencing financial difficulties right now, in some ways, you know, that's the reason I, I renewed. It's like money going towards Arsenal and that money will go to somewhere hopefully useful. I just think that they could have, like Gav said, been proactive and said, you help us out now, we'll we'll give you credit, you know, toward, you know, towards tickets or whatever, whatever it is, you know, to the, to the amount that you paid for your membership and helped support us during this time. We'll make it up to you. The club should have done that. They should have had that idea, you know, in hand before they were basically taking and not giving anything back. I mean, the gold, silver, red, and 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 you know, if you've got sixty thousand people, forty thousand gold, twenty thousand silvers, and hundred thousand reds, and you're only allowed fifteen thousand people, it's going to be the gold members. I mean, they I mean, can't. There's, 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 on, there's only eight thousand silver members, uh, but and like I say, and they reckon that only they reckon there's a couple of thousand that last season didn't go a single game uh i mean i know my one my silvers was used probably about 80 percent of the games we could have gone to last year i mean even myself or my extended family uh and a couple of mates used them do you know what i mean so it was they were used but all right we're gonna uh we're gonna wrap that one up uh otherwise we could probably speak for about half an hour yeah. on that uh right now my my thoughts really recently has been sort of going towards the the attacking uh, stats and the attacking options that we have at the moment. Uh, Arteta's had a brilliant run. We've, we beat Liverpool, we beat Man City, we beat Chelsea, we beat Man... Do you know what I mean? We're, we're smashing all the, the, the top clubs. You know, when we haven't got the ball, we're defending well, we're looking more solid, we're attacking on the break. We're passing out, we're, we're getting through the lines, etc., which is all well, well and good. I'll start this with, uh, with you, Paul. How are we going to adapt when we're playing against a team that's intending to do what we did to sort of Chelsea and Man City to us? How, how are we going to break through the, you know, how, how are we going to sort of break through their solid back line? Have, have we got the, 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 you know, the skill factor and the bit of magic factor in our midfield to sort of do that at the moment? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think we've got a problem I, I, in the, you know, that creative, that link between the midfield and the attack, it's been like a, a really weak kind of area for us, you know, with a gap that Ozil could, should have filled, you know, if, if you know, if he was playing like Ozil did five years ago, appeared, no? Um, and sorry, <laughs> it's like a shuffling going on here. Um, so yeah, I feel like um, you know that that creative side. I'm just hoping that as as um, you know having and having Aubameyang signs, please God, three signs um, and Saka and Martinelli and Lacazette and um, Pepe. If they all improve, you know, under Arteta. I think that our, I think that you know he'll he'll obviously focus on on making that attack kind of more effective. Um, and maybe with a stronger defence, you know, it will mean that our midfield isn't, you know, spending so much time kind of guarding the, the coop, as it were, from the foxes, and you know, and we can and they can operate on a more creative level. Um, 
That's interesting. It'll be interesting to see because I think, you know, soaking up pressure from the teams of like Liverpool and Chelsea and, and Man City and then and then getting on the break, like Gavin says, is something that we proved we can do. But it's it's playing against other teams that, you know, um, are going to be trying to do the same to us, you know, giving us all the possession. I think that's it's, it's going to be interesting, you know. Yeah, I um, mean, I mean, Ch- Charlie, I mean, that, that's where the season, that's where us getting into the top four is going to count. If we can sort yeah. of stay at the same level that we are against the top sort of six sides, but win against all the sort of like the bottom team. It's a virtually different game. It's a different setup, obviously. I mean, like we've been quite mm. successful with a three at the back playing against these big teams and that. But when we, I think Arteta will go, we'll mix up a bit. I think when we're playing them week two, we've got to get a bit more of a, a front foot on the games. I think he'll play the four at the back. Maybe with a two holding that can maybe flick in and maybe like a four, five, uh, a four, one, or maybe just sort of mix up a bit. Um, I think an attacking, creative player is key. I think we haven't really got one. I know there's been mutants and maybe Williams going to play in that role, maybe, uh, which is it's all right. He moves about a lot. He's good on the ball. He, he creates stuff. Um, but that is definitely a, an issue that we do need to um, deal with, I think, because when teams sit back against us, we do tend to struggle. And then Aubameyang's a little bit out of the game because he can't really sort of use his pace as much. Um, I'm sure he could underhand Arteta, and I do think if Lacazette moved on this summer, we're going to have to buy another striker. I know we are linked to this this Awar, um, who would be a good sort of be a good start to get in there as well. Um, but you know, I think it's, 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 it's tricky because I mean, if you if you look at last season, we didn't really get any goals from midfield. No. I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we, we weren't scoring completely freely all season anyway, let's be honest. Uh, but, I mean, you take out Pepe's goals, then you, know, you could probably count the midfield goals on, on one hand. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, that, that's my worry. I mean, hopefully uh, the, uh, the Spaniard who likes his uh, Estela and Paella is going to come back and maybe he'll sort of be more of a, an 8 to 10 uh, than he was like a, a six to eight. If we're going sort of well, well, not a six to eight, but more, you know, maybe help it sort of push forwards on the pitch. Uh, Paul, I mean, I know you like you. I know you're a, a big fan of Lacazette. Is, is Lacazette the key going forwards or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not that I would say that I'm a big fan. I just think that that he does, you know, especially in the situation as it was in this last year. I think he's performed a role. And he and he's he's occupied that area. We've discussed this before. He's occupied that area between the center circle and the edge of the opposition's box, playing as a kind of like a, a rear guard number nine or kind of like a cross nine ten kind of position. And that's because there's been that gap in that in that place, you know, where we, where we haven't had that attacking forward creative midfielder, um, you know, and, oh, and then can't... also allowed Pepe and Aubameyang to kind of cut in. You know, which has been effective for, well, especially for Aubameyang. Um, so I think Lacazette's performed a role. But what I see going forward is that if we can get, for instance, Thomas Partey, and and we've got a stronger defence, um, then I think that that would mean that people like Ceballos and Willian, if he slots into like an attacking midfield position, because I I don't think I see him competing with Pepe, you know, um, so much on the right. Um, if, if we can have a, a more solid base, I think that that would allow our creative players like Ceballos and stuff to push forward and, and you know, just to, just to move our, our whole attacking, you know, like 
mid uh, attacking mids and and our attack you know front line you know into uh, into the attack you know, opposition it's, it's like we sometimes we like I say, especially like I say, I mean, if if we're going to be up against a team that's playing like a, a solid five four one against us, Charlie, right? We haven't really got. I mean, we haven't really got the player that's going to sort of thread thread the ball through. Pepe's the only uh, one that actually beats a man and creates something, unfortunately, and he doesn't do it consistently enough. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the season, he'd get better and better, and he looked good against the better teams. We had a bit more time and space, but I definitely think we do need to. Um, deal with this summer, I think. I think is we've relied on Ozil over the last couple of years. He hasn't obviously and it is that player. I mean I think football's gone away from the number ten, so to speak. Mm. Um but I do agree that now when when we've not got the ball, obviously you'll drop in, you're free dropped in. When you've got the ball, you need that one anchor in there and the other two midfielders, if you're playing that four three three, have got to join the attack and they've got to be a part of it. Um right. it's, it's it's like I say it's it's pace and we we get a chance to operate our pace when we're breaking from the back, and like I say, I mean, you know, it's not like we're we're doing you know mental counter attacking because some of our best yeah. goals this season have been have started off from the goalkeeper and you know literally passed around the whole team and broke the lines that way. My yeah. worry is, is when we're getting the ball in defence and we're playing against a team that has literally left five players on the halfway line. Uh, and he's just literally going to block the game up. So, I, like I say, that that's my worry that we haven't got that little bit of we, we ain't got that little bit of genius in the middle of the pitch. Mm-hmm. And whether it'll be, I can't see Pepe coming into the middle. And uh, would it be sort of Willian or would it be a bit of Willock? Would it be? A, I'm not sure that Arteta even knows what his sort of his main plan is going to be. If you know what I mean, lads. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like I think a new player would be on the agenda. Yeah, I'd like to see Pepe doing what he did in that, you know, the disallowed goal on the FA Cup, that first one, because the offsides, um, you know, when he cuts in and, and he basically ended up scoring, you know, on the opposite, just on the other side of middle, you know, like with that amazing goal that he, you know, that was disallowed. I'd like to see him doing more of that because I think, I don't know, it, you know, he doesn't get as many opportunities like he did when I watched him playing in France, when on the transition, it was he was scoring those Martinelli-style Chelsea goals a lot, you know? He was on his own against the ball, defenders running backwards, trickery around them, and he'd, he'd get in and score, you know? He's the kind of player that he doesn't get that opportunity much in the Premier League. The guys are, you know, are blocking him off. And it feels like when he gets, you know, shepherded into that channel, he becomes very ineffective, kind of almost mm-hmm. chibi. You know, it's like he runs out of. You just don't know where it's going. It just keeps. Well, it gives, kind of, it's, it's, it's going to give more. It's going to give more space to Bellerin or Suarez or, or Maitland Knowles, whoever it is. Yeah, right I think something Arteta will work on as well to to help that as well is which we have done towards the end of the season is is the high press and winning yeah. the ball in the final third. So how many times have we been caught out? We're playing out the back. We've been caught out. Boom, we're letting it go. So I think you, you are seeing that we are pressing a little bit higher. We, and, and, and Man City and Liverpool have set the model now. Win the ball in the final third and you're already on the attack. So I think that's another way of counteracting yeah. that problem. Well, it's interesting because, you know, if you look at the last couple of games, the, the big games that we've won, is Arteta has, has not been pressing in the same way as Liverpool have, like man on man right up against the goalkeeper's line. They've been hovering kind of halfway between, 
you know, like the edge of their their attacking third and just blocking the channels and like making this, you know, this kind of putting that pressure on without using up too much energy and like two on one kind of attacking thing. It seems like a much cleverer press. And I, that's, you know, one of the <coughs> things that struck me in the Community Shield and in the FA Cup is that, the, you know, apart from Eddie, who, who seems to be like, you know, Arteta's um, kind of like, run Eddie, run Eddie, run Eddie, you know, constantly. <laughs> you know, the rest are kind of, are being a little bit more um, shrewd and conservative and like blocking channels, blocking passing lines, you know, depending on who's got the ball. But yeah, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how we, how we get goals in the midfield and how we actually link the, you know, the, the mid and the attack. Because we've got, you know, great attacks, but they're just not getting... Yeah. yeah, certainly going to be interesting. Like I say, we're uh, we've at the moment, as we are at the moment, we've got uh, 18 overseas players, I believe, yeah. uh, and we're only allowed to register 17. So there's going to be some ins and outs. Now we've gone up to the magical 30 minute mark, and we don't want to go over that because when Chris gets back from holiday, he'll give me a smack. So just to finish <laughs> it off, what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, there's been various, some stupid, some sublime, some idiotic transfer stories over the last couple of days. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read out three players from us, and it's a yes or no from you two, whether or not you think they're going to stay or go. Well, we'll do, we'll do stay or go. So we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Charlie. Uh, Torreira? Uh, gone. Gone. Paul? Gone. Yeah, gone. Bellerin, Charlie? I think we're. Uh, I think it'll be gone. I think we. I think Arteta desperately wants Thomas Party, and we need to raise funds. He's one of the very few we get money for. So I reckon they're gone. Paul. Yeah, he'll probably go. Um, I, I, I wish we could afford to keep him. Probably can't. Well, There's got to okay. be prices, but he is homegrown, so it's like it's a double loss, you know. It's, if he goes, it's, 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 a, it's a free shot. Uh, okay, right, again, back to uh, Charlie Gwendozy. Gone, good. Gone, Paul? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, right, now, on three coming in, first one, uh, I'll start the ins with you, Paul. Uh, part A? I hope so, I think so. Charlie? Yeah, yeah it's going to happen, and I, I've said all along, that all these pods leading up, mate, he is the one. He's our game-changing signing. He's like the Van Dyke before. He's like the Fernandes United. He's our one. And I'm positive we'll get it done. Good. Okay. <laughs> Fingers crossed here as well. Right. Okay. Right. Paul. Awawa. Awawa. It's been a long day, boys. I, w- I would love him to. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I... If, if we can get Partey, I'll be happy. If we can get Partey and Awa, then I'll be like really, really ecstatic. Charlie, what do you reckon the chances? At the moment, with the people not going, I can't see it. But I would love it to happen. Well, and the final one, which I saw on various uh, news aggregate sites, which I don't feel that they deserve a mention. Uh, Paul, Philippe Anderson from West Ham. I don't see that happening. <laughs> Charlie? No, I mean, I, unless we like a Brazilian, I can't see that one coming in. <laughs> I want it to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Gentlemen, we've gone well over what Chris called 30 times. Stop this time. 
We've done extra time. We've done Fergie time. We've done the whole skadoodle. It's been a pleasure speaking to you gentlemen tonight. Uh, and yeah, another Gunners Town podcast in the bin. Uh, yeah, bear in mind on these transfer things. This was recorded Thursday evening at half past eight. In case anything's gone picked on between now and the morning. Uh, wish you all the best. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Yeah.